This is Cincy Brewcast, which you know because it says the name before you click on it in whatever pod-catching apparatus that you use, so you, you know what show this is. Um, but if you're new to the show, you might not really understand what the show is. It's a craft beer podcast where we just travel around Cincinnati. We go to different breweries. We go to different tap rooms. Sometimes we even go to bars, and we just sit down and we talk about craft beer with the people who make the beer, who own the places that make the beer, but more importantly, the people that drink the beer. That's that's what this is all about. So um, this this episode has been um, a, a long time coming for, for me, because the last time we had you guys on the show um, was... March of 2020, which if anybody remembers March of 2020, I don't know if we've blocked it out of our (laughs) at this point. It was right before the world tore itself apart and everything, uh, everything changed dramatically. Yeah. It was Um, two months after we got our license to start growing. Yep. Great timing. It's very fascinating how your story has evolved with all of that though. And I'm, I'm really happy that you guys are still here. Yeah. That's true. (laughs) That's true. Uh, New Ale, up in Middletown. Uh, if you guys don't know this place, I, I'm, I'm happy that you get to listen to this episode because they're doing something really cool here. So we're gonna we're gonna dive in. We're not gonna go too much into the backstory. Go back and listen to that last episode, which I'll, if I remember, I'll put a link in the show notes straight back to that episode. So listen to that one too, and you'll kind of get all of that. We're gonna kind of get the uh, the current situation yeah. <laughs> today. But first, we need to drink a beer. From the beer because, fridge. like I said, Craft Beer Podcast, that's what we do. Yes. Um, you poured me something really delicious here. What is this called? So, so that's called Wonder Twin Powers Activate. Okay. And that is our... Uh, so we actually went and... My wife, Nikki, and I, um, we actually went and toured through the New England area. So we started out in Maine and Portland and actually took a road trip through... Vermont, New Hampshire, Massachusetts, Connecticut, Rhode Island, hit a ton of New England breweries. And they all had New England IPA. Except we learned pretty quick that the New England IPA in New England is not the New England IPA in Ohio. (laughs) Um, We're obsessed with juice bombs, and theirs are still super bitter. They got that West Coast backbone. So that's what we came back, and I tried to recreate it, and uh, I think it's almost perfect. It needed to be a little bit more bitter, I think, but uh, yeah, I'm super proud. You of created the way it came out, yeah. a balanced New England IPA. Yeah. How dare you? I, <laughs> I um I remember when New England IPA started to become a thing around here, and um, just trying them over and over, and be like this is this is disgusting. This is not what a beer is supposed to be. This this this, this is going to make my stomach hurt if I drink too much because of all the crap that's in this that, that's that's floating around in this beer and. Um, there's no balance to it. And then as time has gone on, you start to see flashes of what, to me, it should be things like this that do have that balance to them. This is a really good, really easy drinking beer. It still does have that soft fruitiness to it, but there's that big kind of, um, that big kick of of hops that are there too to kind of dial that back and make it so that you want to keep drinking it. Yeah, Yeah, it's 8.6, so. Yeah, There's it's one of those too. beers that <laughs> sneak up on you. <laughs> it's it's fantastic. Um, Wonder Twin Powers Activate is that what it's called? Yep. Okay. Uh, you want to? There's a story there. Beth. No. <laughs> it's a double IPA. <laughs> Twins double. Uh, I'm a little bit older than these guys, and uh, you know I can just remember the two rings making great things, and so why not two pint glasses, double the hops, uh, making great things. Well, I mean, it, it is, it is great. 
Um, do you typically come up with most of the beer names or? Um, it's collaborative. It depends on the day. It depends on the, on the beer. Um, Keep a notebook. Yeah, we yep. all have a list <laughs> in our phones. So I got, I got names for beers that don't exist yet. Yes. And eventually yeah. we'll brew one. And I'm like, oh, that kind of fits. Yeah. <laughs> Finally, can... that's what that goes to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the down with the thickness was one of them. Yeah. 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 I just like that name. And but then we ended up brewing brilliant. like a really milkshake. heavy milkshake IPA with all the fruit in the it world. And I was like, it's thick. It's down <laughs> with the thickness. Yes. Our post lawn, I dreamt that name. Yes. Yeah. way before we even I think before we even had our license yeah. and I, I, just, I just now got the reference yeah. <laughs> it's, it's great when you see people standing in line looking at the menu and they go oh I, I don't know that I've ever heard anybody say it to me before and that's what it took yes. <laughs> that's, that's brilliant yep. Yep. We, uh, our gold medal winner um, is a name favorite also it's uh, still not as bitter as your ex right, right. so yeah the imperial yeah. That's a fun one. I, I like I like the kind of the, the, the fun beer names. It reminds me of craft beer when you know I got into craft beer. You know, mm-hmm. it's like there are a lot of very not that you guys aren't a polished place, but there are a lot of very polished kind of marketing driven places that have these these names that you know, they fit and it's it's nice and it's shiny and it's cool, but it doesn't. It's not exciting. It's not yeah. fun. It's not. Yeah, it's too not corporate. That, yeah, it's not yeah. that. It's not yeah. that thing that you know. I I miss desperately about craft beer. So, yeah. um, I appreciate a place like this that still has some fun with stuff while yeah. still uh, why not still can't, making can't be serious beer, and yeah. make beer. Well, well, <laughs> can't. It seems like there are a lot of places that if you see them with kind of silly names or silly labels or things like that, the beer probably isn't going to be great for mm-hmm. some reason. There's this uh, unbalance. Uh, yeah, and I, I don't know why that is, and um, so it's it's nice to see places that can still have fun and crank out great beer. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's talk about 2020. So, when we had you on the show last time, you guys were uh, fresh faced, bright eyed, bushy tailed, <laughs> right out of the gate. You were ready to go. Um, distro only at that time. Yeah. You were going yep. to be kind of in. Uh, some bars and restaurants and things like that, and that was that was how that was your focus. Yeah, yeah. Um, we uh, we were in six of the local bars in Middletown, and we were branched out to Ludman, uh, up up towards Dayton, and even into Columbus area. And yeah. Logan, yeah, Logan. Oh yeah, all the way out to Western Ohio. So then, and then uh, everything all, shuts all down. All of the customers <laughs> decided they they didn't want to sell beer anymore. I don't know what was with them, but uh, we decided we wanted to keep selling beer. And uh, so we, the, I think the last time on we were on the podcast, we actually mentioned the backyard and it was like a blank slate. And we're like, yeah, we might do something with it. So we did. Um, <laughs> we bulldozed that, laid down some gravel, turned it into a beer garden and literally rolled like a four tap like kegerator setup in here, um, which then expanded into six taps. And then we, I drilled some holes in a fridge and now we have 10 taps and it's just been growing out of that. So we started out as distribution only. All of a sudden, the distribution went away. Uh, so we pivoted, had to keep sales going. Uh, we were to go only for a while, but now we've got such a big following of people in Middletown that keep coming out on the weekends and wanting to try the different beers we have on tap that there's no going back now. So right. now we're the smallest tap house in the world. <laughs> <laughs> well, and again, it, it, there is something about that that kind of takes you back to some of those experiences that made you fall in love with craft beer. Again, it's... Mm-hmm. There are some places that are great and they're they're fun to hang out at, but it's just it's too much sometimes, and yeah. you just want that 
kind of that neighborhood spot, you know, which is kind of the, the trendy thing to talk about now, but um, that's exactly what this is. It feels like it, it, everything about this just kind of oozes neighborhood kind of local watering hole kind of walk in and everybody knows everybody and, and that makes you feel good. Yeah. More yeah. or less. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's backyard. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You know, we got people coming in all the time, and they're just like, "This kind of reminds me of Asheville." And I'm like, yeah, "A little bit." Like, we'll take you just, that. You, right. got, <laughs> so you got like one little spot, and they just kind of jam a backyard in there and brew beer. Right. That's how it all started. So. Well, and you guys are one of the smallest breweries in town. There's there's right. a couple tiny people around, but as far as places that have a a really thriving kind of tap room culture. Uh, certainly a beer garden there's there's not a lot of places that are as small as you guys are managing to do it yeah the uh, the, um, the brew house barrel size is one digit and it starts with a one <laughs> so uh it's fun to keep 10 taps up it's a challenge but it's fun but it, it also does enable some of those those quick changes and adaptation to what people want yeah. also instead of kind for of, me it just it's the creativity because uh Four out of the eight fermenters we have are half barrel fermenters. So we're, we're taking that one barrel batch, splitting it into two fermenters, and then doing something weird with it. So once you're in the cold side, you, know, you can pitch different yeast, you can sour one, not the other, add different ingredients. Um, so effectively getting two beers out of one brew. Granted, you only get like two and a half kegs of each, but it's enough to know if the brand's going to stay on tap, fly off the shelves, what is it? So our, our pilot system is our main system also, but it, it comes with this advantage. Well, it's opposite of the way a lot of places have been forced to kind of go in recent times or not even recent times, but in, in, in the way craft beer has grown, it's forced places to grow in different ways. And a lot of that is double batching. You know, they'll mm-hmm. have smaller brew house going into bigger fermenters, oh, I do that. which is, <laughs> but, but it's, but it's opposite of the way kind of, it seems like the, the, the mindset works here. It's like, let's get as much out of this as we can, as many different things out of this to keep some kind of variety mm-hmm. for people. No, you're right. Cause I, I see it too, that a lot of people are oversizing their brew house so much because they, they see that as basically labor. Like, I right. don't, I don't want to brew eight times a week. I'm going to brew twice a week. And I'm like, yeah, it's cool, but you're getting 20 barrel batches out of that. And that 20 barrel batch is going to stay on tap for three months. And I'm right. like, the shelf life is going to be an issue. So we try to keep fresh beer on tap and that small brew house, we're brewing four or five times a weekend. And that makes us do that. Right. So when, when you guys had to kind of make that pivot and, and change the plan of, of everything you were planning, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the decision to uh, start to focus more on selling in-house and selling beer out the door versus uh, making the switch to, to packaging or things like, you know, get, get some kind of mobile canner in here, which I, I don't know if you physically can get a mobile canner to, yeah. to, to come yeah. in and <laughs> can up uh, one barrel batches Set it of up beer. Set beer garden. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, but the the decision to focus in house when you don't know what is coming next, if you you don't know when the world is really opening back up, or if it shuts down again, or what what that means for for the space, um, how how did you make that decision? Uh, and we're forced to make that decision. Yeah, yeah. we um, we looked at canning, um, and then that was during the the great. Aluminum shortage of <laughs> right. 2020 right after the other thing of 2020. I mean, there was no winning. Um, so basically places putting their beer in milk jugs just to get it out. Oh, that yeah. Door yeah. The oh, it was, well, even growlers, growlers were really difficult to find. Yeah. Cause I remember 
they we were sitting at one of the breweries nearby and ended up we looked at the tv and it was right then dewine came on and he's like oh by the way we're shutting everything down and i'm like okay and then we went home and we're like growlers we can do growlers and then everybody had that same moment of aha i need to do growlers right now so growlers were also really yeah. and we had to go to even. the clear glass growlers we couldn't even get the brown growlers yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we, were just, we were skating anything. by for a while but i mean <laughs> that decision came down to we wanted to keep selling our product yes. and, and this system's small enough that if we dialed back at all um you know i think at that time we had four to six taps, mm-hmm. one of the two. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it wasn't a challenge to keep four taps full mm-hmm. um, and keep that beer fresh at the same time. Because I know a lot of brewers in the area had that issue. You know, they brew a 20, 40 barrel batch and all of a sudden pandemic hits. Right. You gonna dump all that. Right. And it wasn't just the, the want to keep selling. Um, we had people wanting our beer, yeah. which was the best part. So yeah. th- there was a, a demand for us. Um, mm-hmm. So we had to figure out a way to keep selling talk about that a little bit the the reaction from the community did you find yourself meeting a lot new people that were coming in the door and be like hey you know we we keep meaning to come in here and and i guess we probably really need to do that now Mm -hmm. i think so yeah i think we definitely have a following now uh which is great from middletown uh we the Middletown folks have been awesome, but we've also recently for 2021, we're able to do the, the date nail trail and so many new faces um, started. And then now they're regulars, they mm-hmm. come back. Yeah. So we've definitely developed a following that um, we didn't expect from other areas. Mm-hmm. It is a, it is a small town backyard feel, but we get a lot of other people coming in that kind of help us keep going. Right. Um, w- when people come in, what are the things that you find? Is, I have to word this very carefully. There is a, uh, um, there is a maybe a misconception about people in some of the places around, like Middletown, maybe that all they drink is crappy light beer. Do you find yourself? It's, it's yeah, a, the, the cultures are best. <laughs> That's my question. Do, yeah. do you find Trace yourself? Trace Migos was good. Trace Migos. The yeah. education side of trying to get people to kind of branch out a little bit. Do you find that to be difficult? Uh, no. It, what I think happens is that same customer keeps coming back. Um, if they come in the first time, we usually try to have something light on tap, whether it be a Kolsch or a lager. Um, once they have that, it usually comes to a repeat customer um, and then when they come back the second time and third time that's when all of a sudden you see them start branching out into the amber rail and then you eventually work your way up to ipas um, i know last year and it's almost that season again we had pumpkin on um, for some reason we brewed the best pumpkin in the world <laughs> it was an eight percent beer and we had just guys coming in and, and asking for it with and we would put a we rim on rim the glass on with pumpkin pie spice and sugar and just there was no shame in this. We had the entire <laughs> Middletown community out here drinking 8% pumpkin beer for about two months. And then that, that just kind of, it blew up from there. Yeah. So. It's all, it's pumpkin is one of those things. that's really funny when you, when you make a good pumpkin beer, word gets out and people yes. hear about yeah. it. Because oh, they've been asking about it since May. I mean, <laughs> they, I mean, they're even bourbons that carry our beer a lot. Um, they ended up, they're like, when are you going to have the pumpkin? People are asking about the pumpkin. I'm like, September, September third, we will have the pumpkin it, back on. When it shifts to pumpkin season. Yes. Right. <laughs> I think another thing too is we, um, our tagline is changing minds one beer yes. at a time, and we'll get folks in, and I don't really drink beer, yeah, and I say yet, yeah. um, 
I know when we had down with the thickness, which was our milkshake IPA, it was a peach and passion, passion, passion fruit. fruit. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'd have people come in and say, say, I don't drink beer or I, I don't drink IPAs. And we'll give them a little test of that. And not, I don't tell them what it is. I just hand it to them. And all of a sudden, yeah, you don't only drink craft beer now. You drink a milkshake no, IPA. So it's about educating and, and opening their minds up a little bit and stop being afraid to say I drink craft beers or I drink IPAs. That brings up a topic that I've probably talked about too many times on this show. So if, if you've already heard me, you know, go down this road, you can just fast forward on your podcast. But um, it used to be that whenever you walked into a tap room, that was kind of the way things work. Somebody walked in and said, hey, do you have Bud Light? And you say no. And then you have to kind of talk to them and show them what you do have. Or I don't really like beer. What do you have? you start talking to them and you show them what you have and get them try some stuff. And, um, it seems like now we've entered into this world where, um, you get people that come in and say, I don't, I only drink Bud Light. No, here's, here's our light American lager that we make. That is as close to Bud Light as we can possibly make a beer, uh, where I don't drink beer. Oh, that's fine. We've got a seltzer. We have cocktails or we have wine or whatever this is. Nah. Uh, <laughs> Do you think that craft beer in general, do you, do you think that we are heading into a, um, I want to say a a dangerous time for craft beer. I don't want to make it sound too dramatic, but, um, where do you think craft beer is going because of that side of, uh, the over the bar kind of conversation that is happening or not happening? At least that second part of that, what you said, I think is more of education than anything. If we come in, if we have someone that comes in the bar and they're saying, I drink Bud Light, what do you have? They get Kolsch or light lager. If, but if they come in and say they don't drink beer at all, then they're getting sours, um, which seems like we're pressing the gas way too hard with that. But when someone comes in and they're not used to drinking beer, a sour in, in a lightly fruited, like slightly sour beer is just right up everyone's alley it's almost like wine and that that's the other half of the the consumer in that group i think if you don't like beer wine liquor so it's either you know you got kolsch you got a fruited sour or you got something with like 12 percent alcohol right well i've seen so many people that say i only drink bud light but then once they get some kind of big imperial stout in front of them something that's completely different yes they're like, oh my god, this is this is good. Mm-hmm. I didn't like all those beers that were trying to be Bud Light or trying to be as close to Bud Light yeah. as possible, but something that is completely different, I can get behind this. Oh, yeah, <laughs> so like a good German ale. Oh. It's it's fascinating to me sometimes what becomes that 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 beer for people that kind of switches that thing in their head. It's just that branching out. I'll say Diver City also our wheat ale um, has been a big eye opener for people who come in and say they don't drink craft beer or they only drink Bud Light or I only drink seltzers or ciders. Um, and I'm not a wheat ale person and I'm not a pumpkin person, but, um, he did an amazing job with our wheat. And, uh, I think it has really opened up a lot of people's eyes to what a craft beer could be instead of Bud Light. It's got some fruitiness to it. It's got some tang to it. Um, yeah, it was a experimental hops. Mm -hmm. And, well, it was an HBC variety. It was an unnamed hop. And then uh, we got some yeast from a, a lab out in California that was playing with CRISPR technology. And we're like, that's cool. Let's do that. <laughs> so, What are the things that day-to-day get you excited right now about craft beer in, in, in general? You don't have to be specific about 
you know, here, but just in general? Uh, for me, it's, it's always new ingredients. Um, there, I mean, you, you know, if you're anywhere near a brewery, you know how many times people are coming in like LD Carlson and just like stopping by, giving you new malt, new hops and like, let's try this. And I'm, that, that's where I like to play. And, and that's what gets me excited is I'm like, look, let's brew this beer. I'm like, I have no idea how it's going to work. Um, well, what's fun with that too is that at this scale, somebody drops off a sample of some hops. Yeah. It can you very can easily it. become yeah. your beer. Yeah. No, and, and that's what. So uh, it's Yakima Valley is sending out this thing called a hop box. So once a quarter, they're sending you <laughs> eight hops, half a pound each. And for most people, that's a sample. Right. For me, I can brew we're have extra hops. You guys. Yeah. <laughs> so that's how we're getting a hold of these varieties, that's like funny. HBC eight or five eighty, and they're just like, here, let me, you know, no one has this. Let me know what you think of it. Brew a five gallon batch, and I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> like this is going into half barrel, and then we're gonna see what happens. So yeah. that's fun. I, you know, there is there's so much that is special about places that have that smaller scale, and I I don't know. I should have probably made a list before I came to prepare myself of all of those things, but it's sometimes it's hard to put into to words. It's, it's the, the, the feeling of it, that there's, there's things as a drinker that you don't even understand like that constant changing of stuff that like you, you walk into your favorite place and you're like, Oh, it's the same beers that were here last oh, week. That's yeah. not, uh, that's not, that's a double edged sword. <laughs> like, like, that's, 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 that's fine but like as a as a beer drinker you just you want to keep going on some kind of journey around um your current craft beer experience you want to keep going with it and places like this enable you to do that yeah, yeah and that, that's kind of where our customer base splits is we have the same people that come back and they're like these are all different <laughs> i'm like yeah it's called new ales <laughs> like, it ain't old so i'm like they come back you know once every other month and it's like the entire tap list changed uh there's a couple beers we try to keep up I do sometimes a good job of that. Country dreamer um, usually. Yeah, but for the most part, they rotate so much that yeah. some people love it, some people not so much. You gotta they gotta find a new favorite every time they come. <laughs> <Right>. around. <laughs> which isn't hard to do. I was gonna say there's ten, and I tell them I was like, well, good thing there's ten. There's ten options you can choose from any of those. <laughs> well, you can always you, know, you say you were drinking this last time. It's close to this, Similar. this, and this, yes. and then exactly. that again. It just gets people going on that journey of 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 craft beer yeah and that's the exciting part for me uh, is again educating the folks that come in um even the the hardcore i'm a stout uh you know the typical craft beer drinker we'll just say it that way and they come in and he's got 10 different beers on tap and they try you know a, a flight of four and now they've got a new favorite and it was a stout but now it's you know a sour or you know his lager or kolsch so educating them and giving them a different taste right. of stop drinking all the stouts and try some, cause I'm an IPA person. A hundred percent. You got to branch out. Say again. You got to branch out. It's variety. And I've learned, uh, this has taught me <laughs> to do that because I was a diehard IPA person and, and I've the stouts that we've put out have been amazing and that's not mm -hmm. usually my thing. You really have to force yourself sometimes. Mm -hmm. Like I, I'm not an IPA per like I'm, IPAs are fine, but like, it's not my go-to style ever. Oh, and that's what down. I gave you too. But that's, but that's <laughs> what I love because it was delicious. And like, that's like, that's the, that's that it's fun gone, by the way. <laughs> right. I mean, that's that, that's, that's that fun part of, um, forcing yourself to, 
tries the next thing yeah. and it's like every once in a while something surprises you and you know I've been quoted many times on the show saying I don't like Belgian style beers yeah, I'm right there and with then, you but, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. Every, t- but every time I've tried one lately I'm like this is actually really good <laughs> except <laughs> so for like, Chimay I'm a sucker for blue labels <laughs> so, so it's like it, it, you don't know where you're going to be next month or the month after that unless you just keep testing yourself and keep pushing yourself out of that comfort zone. And absolutely. Um, that's, that's part of the fun of, of tap rooms is oh, that, yeah. you know, you get to try it. You get to, you know, get yourself a little fly to something or get, you know, a half pour or something and just, just try it just for shits and giggles. Mm-hmm. 10 years ago, I would have never thought to walk into, you know, wicked weeds Funkatorium that would not have been in my wheelhouse of beers. Right. Um, and now not only do I walk in there, I mean, I, we talk about, okay, can we get some Brett and do something with that? Fooders. <laughs> Want some fooders. Want some fooders. Thank so you. So sours are definitely. So we heard you hate IPAs. So we're giving, so you, we're another giving you another one. <laughs> All right. What is this one? Uh, so this is the one that won our gold medal. Um, not GABF. No one can, everyone can calm down. But, um, it was the Ohio Craft Brewers Cup last year. So we got our license to start brewing in January. We entered a bunch of beers in October-ish time. And we walked away with three medals. So that one actually won gold um, for the entire state. And I was like, sweet. So. Still not as bitter as your ex. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So this is, um, especially after that last one, like the. So in, in the, that last one you had, I think we're going to enter this year in the same category. So it's. You, two different sides of the same coin. One is clear and kind of not as hop forward. It's more bitter. And the other one is super hazy, but still bitter. And, and they're different beers, but they play on each other. Is this like West Coast IPA kind of? Yeah. Um, so I'm not getting the bitterness at all after that last beer. I know it's there, but like, I'm just that, that yeah. last beer just completely blew out my palate. <laughs> Probably should have started with Kolsch. <laughs> and it's probably not as 8.6 as you would think. Uh, right. It's a very smooth, easy drinking yeah. Imperial. What are there styles that you haven't made that kind of are tickling at the back of your brain? You're like, I just really, really want to figure this out and try it. I'm, I'm really, really close to pulling the trigger on another lager right now, even though these two might kill me. <laughs> um, I want to do a brute lager. Okay. Only because I haven't heard of many of them. And and I think that's like the pentacle of a crispy beer is probably the driest lager you can get. Yeah, like it could be very kind of champagne-like. Right. And, um, yeah, that would be interesting. So, I mean, that's where my head's at right now. But, I mean, as far as styles we haven't done, it, Belgians, uh, we just started, we got a barrel. Yeah. Because that pretty much filled the entire area. <laughs> um, <laughs> We got a barrel from... You don't have uh, to sit on it while you brew. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, yeah. It's right in the way, trust me. Yes. Uh, yeah. But uh, it was from New Rift in Covington, and uh, it's a bourbon barrel, and we decided to put pumpkin in it. So uh, Nice. Yeah, we'll see. It, we've excited. been tasting it and pulling the nail every once in a while, and it, it started off really like cinnamon flavor and then slowly developed into really heavy caramel and vanilla notes. And uh, so we're thinking possibly... Uh, this this October we'll, we'll have a keg of it left after all the tasting. <laughs> <laughs> Don't judge me. <laughs> he's busy sitting on it while he's brewing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. not <laughs> <laughs> what has been um, what has been the beer that you guys have made that shocked you that people latched onto it as much as they did? Oh well, pumpkin. you think I, I, I just I get that people like pumpkin. Yeah. 
Um, and as I said a, a while ago, I'm not a pumpkin fan. Um, there's been two pumpkin beers in my lifetime that I've enjoyed. One was a home brew, um, and it was amazing. And then ours, I just, I'm not a pumpkin fan. Uh, he does not overspice the pumpkin. It is pumpkin forward, in my opinion. So you That's guys what use actual pumpkin? Yeah, oh, 12 yeah. pounds per barrel. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot of pumpkin beers that it's just those spices. Oh, no. no. We, I was cooking pumpkin on Saturday All morning. <laughs> it's, it's the beer that I like almost hate to brew the most. It, it's the most time consuming, probably, mm. for sure. And our first canning. Yes. We are, we're canning it. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah. So, um, but we the excitement is there. And it's just, I was surprised that it took off the way it did. Um, so, the Kolsch is probably our biggest seller but i'm not surprised by yeah, that yeah, i was gonna say the Kolsch, yeah the post molon yeah <laughs> <I love it. laughs> i'm not really surprised by that just because of the non-craft folks right. yeah i mean the, the beer that. that probably got the most people excited that we didn't keep up for a long time is uh water from mars so we have we have a new england ipa that we keep up sometimes called a hop chowder and that's one of those batches that I love to split off and then just throw a bunch of different hops into the dry hop area. And uh, we did one that it was dry hop purely with galaxy hops. And uh, it the first batch turned out great. The second batch might have got dumped because galaxy is the most inconsistent <laughs> hop in the world. All of a sudden, the second batch tastes like peanut butter. And I'm like, what is this? <laughs> um, but when that comes out good and the hops are fresh and, and on point, man, people are just like, they're coming in and just like, yeah, you got that water from Mars. And I'm like, oh, curiosity <laughs> found it up there. So. <laughs> I actually just mentioned that earlier. That I said, yeah, you I know, one of our regulars, uh, when are we going to have that back on tap? And it's actually probably Soon. my favorite that I. Australia just, we just got their hop harvest up here and I, I got some galaxies sitting in the fridge right now. That's fun. I, you know, it's the. Kind of going back on that, uh, you know, the the fun part about small breweries is that things are always changing. It's also the the not fun part about small breweries is when you really do fall in love with something, there is a chance that you will never see it again. again. Or if you do, it's it's going to be tweaked. I mean, everybody tweaks mm-hmm. oh, yeah. things, but on on a scale like this, the level of tweaking is is way much more than, noticeable than, yes. than, than other places might be. And we've um, we've done a lot of different stuff because I mean, we've done the water or water from trees earlier. That one was that weird. was really cool. So uh, it was different. One of our regular customers uh, taps maple trees um, for their sap in the springtime. He went around and tapped a bunch of trees for us. And one of them was the one that's in the backyard in the beer garden. Um, we collected something along the lines of 50 gallons of sap and just straight up brewed beer with no, no. water. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> was this awesome. just sounds cool. I'm like, let's do it. I was like, so we're in there with a the test kit looking at like, you know, the concentration of calcium, magnesium, and chloride in right. the sap, just so I could set up a water profile and, we brewed a table beer with it. It came out at like 3.2% and it was super drinkable. And I mean, that went quick too. That's fun. I, um, Brink did something like that. I don't know what their story was with it, with a barley wine that was a no water version. I don't, hmm. I don't know what their water source was. I don't, I can't remember off the top of my head, but if you guys know, comment on some kind of post or something where this is posted. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, it is, it stuff like that is again, one of those things that makes craft beer fun. Oh, it's yeah. like that, that just that stuff that's like, you know, can we do this? I don't know. Let's, let, let's, let's try. try. Let's just well, see what happens. Yeah. Your Occuberry. Oh no, we're not talking about that. One. 
He likes to experiment. Now, now you have to. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about a brute. Right? Yeah, brute so we, it was a it was a brute. IPA. IPA. What's an yeah. IPA? I guess it was the Occuberry or Icy. Yeah, whatever you saw. It was like it. 11 pounds of Occuberry, and we put it in there, and it was a brute IPA with all this Occuberry in it. And uh, never brewed a, well, I have brewed a brute one time, but all of a sudden we got like a day into this, and the fruit's in the fermenter, and all of a sudden you can't pour a sample of it. <laughs> and I was like, what the, what is going on here? I'm trying to pull stuff out of the sample port, and it's just seeds coming out. <laughs> Apparently, Occuberry has a ton of seeds in it. And if you don't know about that, I wouldn't recommend putting it in your fermenter because <laughs> it is not fun to clean out. Um, and it kind of tastes like fingernail polish remover a little bit. So uh, All right. It did not go on tap. It did not. <laughs> nah. We dumped that very quickly. Well, that's, that's the thing, too, about the small-scale yeah, exactly. brewery, since we're talking about that, is because like I have the flexibility to brew just crazy, crazy stuff like that. And if the batch goes wrong, I'm out a half barrel to a barrel right. of beer. Like I'll just I'll dump it, and I don't care as much as if I was a twenty barrel batch, and that's my livelihood behind it. Right. So yeah, the we can experiment a lot more with the weird weird ingredients, and if it doesn't turn out, then no skin off my back. That's what's been so crazy this last year and a half or so. You know, watching places where when they are brewing one of those batches of beer, it is, it's everything. Like if that doesn't turn out or if they have to dump it down, like that could be the make or break point for them being able to keep their doors open. It's, there was this, uh, you know, you don't know who to worry about the most when, when you're in the middle of something like that, you don't know if it's the little guys like you guys that, you know, you're just, Oh, we got to get out there and support them. We got to get out there and, and um, buy some of the, their beer. Or if it's, you know, the, the bigger guys that it's like, oh my God, they, you know, their, their entire, you know, their entire sales, you know, source is bars and restaurants. And now that doesn't exist. You know, yeah. they, do we worry about them the most? Or is it this, this, this weird little middle tier of people that aren't here, but aren't there that now have to figure out how to, uh, how to change everything that mm-hmm. they do. And it, um, it, it was stressful for, for me. I don't, I don't know if it was the same for everybody. I vote us. Worry about us. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I worried about everybody. It, it, it did come to, it came down to a point where like every time I was getting ready to go grab beer, I'm like, all right, I have to look at my list. Who have I not been to recently? Who do I need to go and, 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 and support? And you're trying to support everybody. And it, it was, uh, I mean, uh, the stress of trying to figure out who to who to buy beer from is probably not the not equal to some of the stress that other people were going through. But uh, well, I, I get was, that though, because I mean, we had mm-hmm. some customers coming around that like all of a sudden like we got, you know we got to support you guys. We saw you new, and I'm just like, oh, thanks for coming out, man. Yeah, like, yeah, same mm-hmm. same kind of principle mindset they had at least. Which is where the trying to keep growlers in stock and and keep the keep the fans and the and the customers satisfied and and with our beers, you know. Right. Um, that was the the dilemma of 2020. Uh, yeah, there was a can shortage. We weren't ready to can anyhow, but no, we we bottled a little bit last winter, winter. just to keep some brands flowing, and if we had some extra keg, and we did really well with that. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, trying to keep the the right breweries, and I don't say right, but just trying to keep everybody, you know, going, and that's what you know we support other breweries. I mean, right. mm-hmm. you, you've got to. Yep. Um, I mean, Sunday we were hitting up breweries we haven't been to. You guys did like a four or five. Yeah. Yeah. We had to go take a trip down to Cincinnati and high five all the people that beat us in craft brewers. <laughs> <last year. laughs> 
so they won't feel so bad when we win this year. Yeah. Go talk some trash. Pat each other on the back. Yeah. It's it's fun. Like the there are a lot of people that get so caught up in the day to day of of running something like this that they don't aren't able to take that time to get out there and kind of experience the stuff that's going on. It doesn't on. happen too often. It does not. <laughs> but I think it's so yeah. important though too to kind of keep your, your your finger on the pulse of what mm-hmm. is happening too. Even though yeah. you guys are in your own category, you know, you're not I don't you're not competing with with any of these other people. I don't I don't know that anybody's really competing with each other still. Mm-hmm. Um which is debatable, I guess. <laughs> but um, I, I, I think it's different for you guys than it is for a lot of people because of the nature of what this place is. But mm-hmm. um, the Middletown area in general, too. I don't think absolutely. I mean, as far as breweries in Middletown, you got Everybody's us different. and then Rolling Mill, right? And, and man, we we hang out down with Rolling Mill. We, me and Beth both went and got a four pack from Josh like a, a week ago because um, they're the only gluten free brewery in Ohio, and we're not gluten free at all. So, <laughs> I mean, it it kind of goes hand in hand with the Middletown area, right? Fig Leaf is technically in Middletown too. I was technically, say, yeah. <laughs> well, so is Rivertown. Rivertown's no. Rivertown is Rivertown's Monroe. Monroe. Ah, yeah, well, they're yeah. on the same road. Fig Leaf, sits, yeah, well, Fig Fig Leaf sits right on the line, line. almost. So yeah. just south of it is. Uh, yeah. Um, and they got their salsa thing. So we don't step on each other's toes. I was no. going to say, everybody's different that yeah. is here. Like everybody has their own niche of things. So I feel like it's a good rounded community i don't see rolling mill ever putting out a stout or sour so that's not the same right we're not in competition gluten-free sour would be that would be really interesting now Now you say that now i'm gonna go talk to josh (laughs) (laughs) um let's talk about kind of the community the bigger community of either cincinnati or dayton i don't know how you guys identify yourselves but we're in the middle (laughs) the middle Um, and we can talk about middletown too for a, a big part of, of what I, you know, would love to talk about is what's happening in Middletown or what maybe is going to be happening in Middletown. But craft beer in kind of Cincinnati, Dayton area, what right now is getting you guys excited about craft beer or the flip side? What are some of the things that you're seeing there? Like, this is, I don't, I don't like this. I, I wish that this wasn't happening. I really like that we have as many breweries opening as we do. Um, forever you heard you know Asheville was like the beer capital world or you don't gotta go up to Chicago to get like a, a city with that had a lot of breweries right. now it seems like Cincinnati is they just released the uh, the NFL who drinks the most beer thing today and the Bengals were like number one fans but they had the most beer and part, I was like part well, of the reason yeah. we drink the most beer is because our team kind of sucks well <laughs> we need I was beer. going more for like the most amount of breweries thing but I guess that works too <laughs> this is what's happening there <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, just like every weekend, there's two more popping up, and I'm like, that's cool. It just it keeps the diversity going, it keeps the flavors going, keeps the creativity going. And in a in a town that has that many breweries, everyone's gonna find their own niche that they fall into, and and that keeps people supporting that one brewery. I mean, if you do go down to Asheville, you know, every brewery is different, um, mm-hmm. but they all have different distribution footprints. The one thing that I, and I, I have a very large post that I've been working on for a long time that will break it down for you guys why Cincinnati is better than Asheville. So, so stay tuned for <laughs> okay. that. But, but <laughs> the thing, the, one of the things that drives me crazy about Asheville is when you're downtown, you hit that south slope there where there are the mm-hmm. most breweries are. You can, you can walk around, mm-hmm. but it's like, 
there's multiple locations all right yeah. there of the same there. place. Yeah. That is that's the weird that's thing. It's almost turn, like going to Gatlinburg. You turn a corner, you're like, didn't I just see Green Man? Wasn't it right there? Yeah. <laughs> it's like Gatlinburg and Pigeon Forge is like, right. yeah, it's because every brewery just is just see this putt putt place. <laughs> Yeah, because I think like Asheville Brewing Company has two locations. Highwire has two locations. Catawba. Wicked Weed has two locations. Burial now has two locations. Yeah. Oh. They're all, and they're for the most part, they're all very close to each other. Still, mm-hmm. like they are. You know, when when you have multiple locations for breweries here in Cincinnati, they are at least Way. spread out mm-hmm. a little bit. I, um, I would like to see a bigger brewery, though, bigger craft brewery. Um, it's just going off of the Asheville thing. Like they have Sierra Nevada right. posted out there. I'm New like Belgium. that in, you know, um, New, Belgium. New Belgium. Yeah. We have Miller Coors. Oh yeah. We, I mean, Ryan Geist is top 25. I the mean, they're, 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 downtown. they're, they're, they're It's they're, not out like right. Sierra Nevada and, and New Belgium both have property. Right. You know, you have to kind of, it's not far from downtown by any means, but it feels further from downtown. Right. right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's, that's the difference. Um, yeah, I, mean, I, I admit I've not. I drank Ryan Geist beer, but I've not been to Ryan Geist. Um, but it is right downtown. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, so, it doesn't. It doesn't feel nearly as big as it is. No, no it doesn't. Yeah. You, yeah. Especially it, when you go in the tap room and you see the tanks, and you're like, "Oh, is that it?" And you're like, "Oh you no, you look the over there." Oh no, <laughs> they're all hidden away. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now I love the fact that like everybody is super supportive. I don't feel like anyone. This is if we go to another place and we talk to them. They're super open about everything. They're like, how can we help you out? Like, here's what we do to solve this problem. I mean, as far as the competition aspect, I don't feel like anybody's really competing. I feel like everybody's just trying to help each other and super supportive. I'd say that's not even just local. I think any any state or wherever that we've gone to, um, we we all three are pretty regulars in Asheville. Yep. Uh, that's why we keep bringing it up. But, uh, <laughs> We're just know. super familiar. With it. Yeah. <laughs> so it, 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 you go in and you and you start having a conversation with someone, and then all of a sudden you're invited back mm-hmm. into the, the brewery section, and we do this or we do that. So it's it is a very welcoming community. Mm-hmm. It, it, do they talk crap behind your back? Maybe. <laughs> well, I think <clears throat> I think you guys. I mean, not to take away from that, but you guys are also again in this really fun little sweet spot where you're not going to be competition for yeah. anybody mm-hmm. you live yeah. in you've got this little bubble going on yeah. here where nobody's going to be threatened by you mm-hmm. they should be <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. if if anything it is you know especially since you are in middletown it provides another place that brings that bridge between dayton and cincinnati yeah. more to a uh, a reality yes um let's talk about middletown a little bit yeah Middletown, as far as I know, was one of the first um, cities in Ohio to to put a Dora district in. Yeah, um, and it, it it's never really, I think, done what a lot of us want it to do to downtown Middletown. It's like you get these little sparks of 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 hope, and then it just it it, it yeah. I think Middletown use it as almost an economic development thing. Whereas like now I think like Lebanon just passed theirs. Miami's did too. And right. The mm-hmm. difference is that they already have established breweries, right. bars, and then they put in the door. Middletown went the other direction. They put in the door and they were like, hopefully this attracts breweries and bars. So, I mean, it has worked. Um, and we're in the Dora. 
they actually just expanded the boundaries to include us. Yeah, so yes. you can get a beer here and walk all the way down to the river. We are the edge. <laughs> if you go any further, that walk. Uh, I think it's about a quarter mile, mile at least. Yeah. Yeah. That's not as bad as I was thinking it was. I, I could do that if I had a couple beers in me. <laughs> I mean, come, we come had a Saturday. Lot of bikers, bikers a lot. As an actual bikes, not motorcycles. Yeah, mo- yeah, yeah. Because yeah, we're on the on the bike trail too. Uh, I mean, Middletown has so many pieces that are in place for it to become something really fun. It, I, a lot like Hamilton, where you, you you see them building this foundation for this this thing that gets people to say, "Hey, we're gonna go out." Maybe we don't want to drive downtown, or we don't yeah. want to head here, or there, wherever it may be. We'll just go to the closest downtown. That oh, and it, we get got. a lot of that too, mm-hmm. just because. Uh, in order to get anywhere on the other side of the river, like Middletown is the one place you got to go through. So if you live on the west side of the Great Miami River and uh, like over in the Madison area and you got to go to 75 to get to somewhere, you're passing us. And we've right. had people stop in. There's like, I was going to go down to Liberty Center, but I just didn't want to go. <laughs> I'm like, well, I'll give you a beer. <laughs> so. And Middletown businesses are very supportive of each yes. other. And that's the big thing. We all want to see. Middletown succeed. Um, yeah, the, the beer festival that's this Saturday, I'm, I'm pretty sure, was organized by a lot of the business owners downtown. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, so, I mean, it, it's very much a culture of supporting each other. Let's talk about that festival a little bit because when you're listening to this, it already happened. happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think it's a really cool festival that yeah. we should probably still talk about it. So, I mean, it's clear that it started by something bigger than just a, a, a brewery or somebody saying, hey, we want to do a beer festival. Well, it used to be Hops in the Hangar. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then uh, politics got involved right. and FAA <laughs> and airports. And yeah. So then they, they rebranded it. Um, this should be the first year of Not Your Average Craft Beer Festival. So it's, where does it start out? Um, it's all downtown. Um, wow. On the square? It's a, they're doing a beer garden downtown. So there, okay. there's a beer garden downtown at the Windermere, um, which is on the corner of Broad Street and one, one two that goes across into uh, the Madison district over there. So is that where like there's going to be booths set up where you can get samples of stuff? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's I know the local breweries. So it's us um, Rolling Mill. I'm pretty sure Carthage is in it. Fig Leaf. Fig Leaf is Topping Goliath, Esoteric. Esoteric's going to be there. So I know a lot of the brewers are going to be set up at the beer garden. So if you get like a VIP ticket, you can come chat and hang out with us. And uh, we're going to be the ones pouring the beers for a couple hours. And then it's almost like um, every hour there's just going to be a special tapping at a place. So say, you know, New Ale's got the two o'clock tapping. So everyone runs up here since it's all in the door district. And uh, you don't have to run to clarify. You can walk. There is a beer mile. You, can, you don't you, have you to can, run. Though. You don't have to run. <laughs> might be encouraged. Yeah. If you want to get here before the keg blows, it might help, um, depending on how busy it is. But yeah, so you can, you can have a running friend that runs ahead Ed. and sets your beer aside yeah. for you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Just pick that fit guy. Yeah, because <laughs> it ain't gonna be me. Nah. And then, uh, but yeah, all the all the bars are are getting special one off kegs from a bunch of area breweries and, and kind of doing that as almost like a pub crawl. You know, so the idea is not to just stand here at this this beer garden and just sit there and drink. It's to move around oh, yes. downtown Middletown and yep. kind of experience and, some of those other places. And even the bars and restaurants that don't have like um, 
sell craft or like like if you're not a brewery like right across the street well behind us um there's a distillery called white dog right. and uh so he has a couple taps up for beer but for the most part his his business is all selling liquor and his liquor he does a really good job um but, spoken bicycles yeah so yeah. four taps spoken is you know four taps set up and he just gets distributor giving them four taps at a time and uh so each one of those guys is actually taken over for one of the breweries like i think white dog might be doing toppling goliath so he's going to have toppling goliath beer up so even though you're not going to the brewery you're right. going to the bar or restaurant that is supporting that brewery um i know that even the wine bar is getting in yeah, on mm-hmm. it. yeah. that's fun <laughs> and so, i believe there's it's like a tour out of middletown correct me if i'm wrong but i think uh there's some transportation that's going to be available yeah. to get you from. Oh, I guess you don't have to run. See, I don't have to run. I can zip past all those people around. Hey. <laughs> um, uh, going back to the question of what gets you excited about craft beer, we never kind of, what are the things that kind of make you nervous about craft beer right now? Or is there anything? COVID Delta. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, right now we did well in 2020. Um, but obviously, you know, that worries us if we're going to, if the state goes into another lockdown, where do we go from there? Obviously, we're, good At news we'll is we're going to start canning. So, yeah. um, and that's uh, something I'll let the West talk about here in a minute. But that'll help us. We, we kind of goofed right. around and talked about porch bombs and that kind of thing again happening. But uh, another shutdown is, can we survive another shutdown? Mm-hmm. We're, we're pretty small. So you worry well, about that. I, I think there's a lot of places that are in that same boat. My belief, knock on wood, is that because there are so many places that could not necessarily survive another shutdown, there's mm-hmm. no way we could see another shutdown. Sure. I, we, we may all be wearing masks again, even if mm-hmm. we're vaccinated, but yeah. you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah. 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 It's kind of the way I wish it went <laughs> the first time. Yeah. You know, I, I, I really don't care to wear a mask if I can keep these places open. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Craft beer and specifically that things that worry me in craft beer. Uh, I'm surprised you haven't brought it up again. Oh God, what do I need to bring seltzer. up? Yeah, the seltzer. It's not craft beer. <laughs> no, I mean that's just like general alcoholic beverage. I mean everyone's always worried, you know, that liquor's going to take over and wine's going to take over and seltzer's going to take over. And I'm like, different strokes for different folks, man. I mean, if you want good craft beer, come see us. If you want good seltzers, go see someone else. Like. That, that's just the free market being the free market. I, I'm not here to compete with them. On, I'll, I'll let the consumer make that choice for themselves. Absolutely. The trends change so often. I mean, I think last year we talked about so much about West Coast IPAs. Um, New England IPAs are huge, and they're, they're here. They're not going anywhere. Yeah, remember when everyone said that those were going to be a fad? Right. <laughs> you know, gozas and, and sours. and So I think it's just that what, what's the next fad? That's mm-hmm. what kind of... Brute lager. There you oh, go. yeah. Lager is the next fad. You, hear, you heard it here first. Gluten free sour beer. Yeah. <laughs> free sours are going to be the next fad. Uh, Josh, are you listening? So I think the unknown is always a scary part. Worry, yeah. but that's the fun part. I don't, is it, I don't know. Is it less of a worry now, though, knowing that you guys were able to pivot so well in the last year that you. you, you you know that you're able to kind of adapt to some of those depends things. on which one of us you're asking. <laughs> yeah. you ask her, when, it's when, more when, when shit hits the fan, 
I was I was blown away. Like I when March of last year when things got shut down, my first instinct was, "Oh my god!" Like we we have seventy breweries in town ish. Uh, we're gonna have you know 40. x x amount <laughs> you know by the end of this year. This is this is gonna destroy the brewing community in the city. Um, and then we realized. Ohio is a bunch of drugs, <laughs> but, but and just and the way that breweries, like I said, Joe made, made, a, made a joke that people were filling milk jugs, but I mean, people were doing whatever they, they could, could to get their beer out to the people that wanted yes. their beer, and you, you just you saw people getting really, really, really scrappy with with what it means to run a, a business, and you know there were you know adult ice cream trucks driving around yes. Cincinnati, <laughs> people selling beer out the back, and that, yep. I mean. Margaritas to go. I mean, yeah. I mean, like I, there were there were times where you know I'm ordering dinner with my wife and we're getting you know cocktails in jars and we're sitting home like this is awesome. (laughs) Yeah, there's definitely a couple things that I hope stick around from the pandemic. And I believe they were signed into law that they are going to stick around at least through this administration. I was talking about like excuses to get away from family gatherings. I can't go. I'm worried, worried, guys. <laughs> but like I, seeing people adapt the way that they did makes me feel so much better about craft beer, especially locally. I mean, I don't know what other cities were like, and I'm, I'm assuming it's probably about the same. Yeah. And it makes me feel like that no matter what happens, people can adapt really well. Craft breweries can. That's. I mean, that's that is what craft beer is about is like this adaptation and this, this just what's about creativity and innovation and when you're in, you're up against a wall. That's like, you have that's to, that's where it. you shine. Yeah. Creativity and innovation, you know? So bre- brewers are artists. I mean, let's, I'm a let's scientist. Be, say again, <laughs> I'm a scientist. <laughs> you're an artist too. And, uh, and I think, you know, artists tend to have that imagination on how to do things and make things different and, survival so i'm not surprised by all that i think i was gonna say cincinnati we only lost one brewery yeah i mean and so and i don't even know if that was covid um, yeah i mean the the places that i think there were i'd have to look at my list actually i don't remember now that so rock bottom closed uh somebody else closed too well blank slate but that was before before. that's sad i still miss blank slate well you still <laughs> I'm, I'm drawing a blank right now, and you guys can send me angry emails that I'm an idiot for forgetting. And I don't but. know that Dayton lost any. Did they? No. But no. It, uh, speaking I mean, of rock bottom, it was definitely not COVID related. I mean, COVID right. put the nail in the coffin, but um, the company had declared bankruptcy already. It was it was coming. Yeah. Um, you know, we in my mind we didn't lose any breweries to COVID, so. That, that was not what I anticipated. <laughs> yeah, I think that just kind of comes back to the community supporting yep. breweries, and, yep. and that that is almost like it was like you know two hundred years ago when everyone had their local community brewery. Right. I'm like, yeah, let's bring that back, and I think Cincinnati is really on board with that. Right. Yeah, I, I kind of one of my favorite things about baseball is like sitting in a backyard and watching a game, and I think that's one of my favorite things about a good brewery is it feels like home. You're sitting in the backyard watching. Right a game drinking a good beer and who doesn't like that? You know, right. we, we all like to feel like we're part of that community. You, you see, you see other things happening around craft beer as craft beer keeps getting bigger, be it people, you know, lining up for releases, trying to snag this and trade it for this and whatever that thing is, which I guess is still community, but it is different. 
And as, as craft beer keeps growing, you see different parts of it like that, 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 um, start happening that kind of give you worry sometimes. Like, is this, where is this going now? Like Pokemon cards. Yeah. Like where <laughs> I, I walked in a tap room and there was a bunch of people just drinking cans of seltzer and, I don't, I don't know how I feel about that. And like, it's, it, 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 you get these, these things that worry you. And, um, I, I don't think it's the, the sign of craft beer apocalypse or anything, but <laughs> yeah. we've heard that for years. Too. But it I is, mean, it's, remember back in 2006 and they were like, the bubble's going to burst. Like, yeah. <laughs> and here we are. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so you mentioned cans. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I assume uh, still probably taproom only release. Like you've got to come here, get them here for now. Yeah. Um, our first can release will be September 3rd, um, with the pumpkin. So we're having pumpkin go up on tap and cans, hopefully, hopefully in cans and doing um, donut night on the same night. Yeah. yeah. We're doing pumpkin donuts from central pastry. So we did it last year and it went over really well. So we're doing central pastry pumpkin donuts again, September 3rd. With the pumpkin beer, yeah. And cans to go. And cans to go. Should and be a great night. So cans will become a regular thing that you see releases from time to time? Yeah. Yes. Um, that just, you know, when we can find cans and get art made and labels approved, come on Ohio. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I, I know we already got the second one lined up for our New England hop chowder. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of a staple in the brew house, so we'll probably have that one in cans around the same time. Um but from there, I don't have any specific plans. I'd love to put like Wonder Twins in a can. I'd love to put uh, Still Not As Bitter in a can. Um, but at the same time, part of me is like, well, someone wants to drink 16 ounces of Kolsch <laughs> and pay a dollar for it. So, <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's different sides of a coin. But right. uh, for now, I think we're, we're going to stick with the heavier brands just because it, it's in a 16 ounce can and a four pack. So, I mean, we're not reinventing the wheel there, but. For me, buying Kolsch and 16-ounce four-pack cans, like, it's not the same as, like, a right. double IP. Right. And then we're releasing our lagers here soon. Oh, yeah. We got a bunch of stuff going on. So the beer festival's this weekend, and we kept that all Middletown heart and soul. So we, we got local candy shop uh, called Grandpa Joe's. Uh-huh. We got two different candies from him and uh, did variants of hop chowder aged on peach rings and then strawberry puff candy. Mm-hmm. I know, right? I'm going to get slayed for this one. <laughs> um, and then the coffee shop is triple moon. Uh, and we got a half pound of their Middletown blend coffee and, uh, aged our Kolsch on it with some vanilla beans. Nice. Yeah. yeah. So that, I, I can get behind that way more than candy beer, but it, it'll just be for a night. <laughs> I'm sure I mean, the candy beer is going to be delicious. It's only five <laughs> pounds. <laughs> it'll be gone that night. Small it'll be nice. Yes. <laughs> um, it, if you guys haven't been up here, come up here and, and see what these guys are doing because it is it is it, it really is something special. And um, if you if you like that feeling of that neighborhood spot, um, there's there there aren't a lot of places that still are able to capture it in uh, in in 2021 the way you guys have. So yeah, it's it's really weird too when people walk in the beer garden because all the entrance is in the back and you have to walk around the building to come in the front to get a beer and it throws people off. So 
constantly I'll be brewing and I got people sticking their head in the, <laughs> in the brewery because that's the back door to the building. Right. And they're just like, hey, how's it going? And I'm like, yeah, you got to go around, man. And he's like, well, I'm just checking the place out. I'm like, oh, well, come on in. Like, <laughs> you want to talk about beer? Like, yeah. And our, our favorite comment is, I thought I was walking into a living room and we're like, somebody's oh, house. You can hang out. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it could be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it was. It, it was. used to be a three bedroom apartment complex. Um, and if you make your way up here and you tell me how cool the floors are, I'll tell you the story about how we traded it for two cases of beer. Yep. Um, we had a friend at Lumber Liquidators who had a ton of just scraps from jobs. So we like pulled it one box at a time randomly and just laid it down and nailed it down. Oh, so cool. it's like, it's like the coolest floor. Of, yeah. That's people come in there's like, this floor is just the best floor. And I'm like, well, that's not what I was going for. I was going for the beer, but that's cool. That works huh? too. Yeah. Yeah. It's a homey environment for sure. It is. Yeah. Uh, you guys are not hard to find at all, but when you pull up, if you're pulling up where, you know, Google or whatever tells you to get here, it may look like you're in the wrong spot, but you're not. It's a little uh, yellow house. Just go around back. <laughs> there is a sign sense. out front. There is. You just got to got to know where it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, I appreciate you guys making some time for me uh, very, very much. Um, hit them up on social media. You guys know how to do this and, and get up here and drink some beer. Do that because, like I said, this is this is something special that um, you're not going to find a lot of places, especially in Cincinnati anymore. So, yeah. And I, um, I guess I'll plug the logger since you tried to get me to do that like four times. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I think it's over the next three weeks. So starting this Thursday, the 12th, we're releasing Holt Grevy, which is a uh, Munich Dunkel. Um, and a lot of your listeners actually might recognize that name, Holt Grevy, because he's on a mural in downtown Cincinnati that's over the right. Rhine. And it's my great, great grandfather, or oh, great, great grand uncle. Oh, that's yes. fun. Yeah. So you can trace it back in the family tree. And I was like, that's cool. Like, let's, let's brew a beer for that. So we did Holt Grevy Dunkel. Uh, the week after that is the Fest beer. It's our Oktoberfest. Um, and then the week after that, hopefully, we'll have a. Hefeweizen coming up and a Czech Pilsner. So. Nice. Yeah, I got a bunch yeah. of stuff in the walk. Speak in my language, that's for <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, this is going to be the best Oktoberfest season, I think, uh, that we've ever seen in Cincinnati. And that that's saying something for Cincinnati. So. It's going to be fun. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm excited. <laughs> well, thank you guys very much. Thank you. Um, you guys get up here and drink a beer and, um, and tell them what you think because uh, barge uh, in the brew house yeah. <laughs> <laughs> your head in the back door and say hey, cop a squat on the barrel and uh, help her. <laughs> uh, we will be back next week if you guys like what I do you can always support it at the gnarlygnome.com slash support um, or just share with your friends because that's how it keeps growing thank you very much Cincy Brewcast the voice of Cincy Craft